You're listening to Gloomwatch, an actual play RPG podcast using the Monster of the Week system. Between waking and sleep, the sun setting and the stars shining, there's a space not light or dark. Twilight belongs to the restless dead, the selves that aren't there, those on the outside of the light reaching from the dark. Few can see into this shadowy space and push back the unwelcome trespassers. This is the echo, the quickly fading picture, the memory of a dream upon waking that is the record of those few. The Gloom Watch goes to their duty and we will try to remember them. In an ice-clad cave, a figure sits at a bare metal desk bracketed by red glowing lights and outlined by the flickering pale light of a computer screen. Words appear on the screen. Continued Subject 1 AF Log 90213-202-1644. Transcript from ERG-669. Roberts and Olivares were questioned by local law enforcement and then presented with evidence of AIDS disturbance and asked for help. This particular disturbance seemed to involve an apparently unstoppable individual attacking victims at a local gas station and then fleeing the scene. The individual shown to OR in video was then encountered when the sheriff's vehicle struck them on the way back to the Rylander house. Note to ERG-221, at this time space coordinate, OR deems potential but not yet alpha priority, observation ongoing, at the request of Abel and Director King. Hey everyone, I'm Muppet, and tonight I will be playing Morgan Roberts, your self-help psychic from YouTube, and I will be using the Spooky Playbook. And I'm Rake, your keeper of monsters and mysteries. Hi, I'm Kane, playing Elena Olivares, your full-time Advent Foundation legacy and part-time ghost tour guide. I am using the Initiate Playbook. And where we left off... The two of you were riding in the car back to the Rylander estate house um, when uh, in the sheriff's car, I should say, when you struck something, something dashed out into the headlights of the sheriff's car. And after he stopped and you all sort of exited the vehicle at the designated emergency exit locations, you found in the headlights and the dust of the road the half-naked form of a broken and twisted man who does bear a strong resemblance to Sully Jacobs, the man the sheriff has asked you to help him with. The sheriff immediately goes to crouch down next to the body. It looks like he's looking for a pulse or attempting to see if Sully is alive or dead. What do you do? Please tell me he's not dead. Uh, I'm going to start looking around to see what direction he came from. Oh, he he's very dead, I'm afraid. Uh pretty sure he's dead and when you look around morgan you see a there's not a lot of foliage to leave traces of out here but there are there is a line of disturbed dirt and even a vague cloud of dust on the road uh it would be north of the road where it looks like sully had dashed out in front of the vehicle elena what do you do I'm going to crouch down next to the sheriff, and I'm going to peel back his upper lip. I'm going to take my own examination of the body. Sounds like you're trying to investigate a mystery. I am. Roll your sharp, then. Well, I rolled a natural 12. Woohoo! Unfortunately, that gives me an 11. Oh, dear. Well, that's still very good. It's So you're saying there's a chance. That's more than a chance. Uh, so on a 10 plus, you hold two. And that means that you can uh, ask the keeper one of the questions on the list for each of those holes. So technically you get two questions or you can ask one and then wait. 
whatever you like. What sort of creature is it? So you lift up. The first thing you notice when you pull up the, you, you said you were kind of checking in his mouth, like pulling up his lips. Is that right? Right. You notice that there, he has several teeth missing, bottom and top, and they, they, there are the ones in the center, but they don't look like they were knocked out by being hit by a car or something else. And you're sort of amateur opinion based on what you, the sort of trauma you can see around the gums on those teeth. It kind of looks like somebody hit recently, like maybe within the last 48 hours, three days, maybe remove them with a tool that wasn't definitely not the right tool for the job. Like maybe some pliers or uh, something not, <laughs> this does not look like precision dental work or even sloppy dental work. It looks like maybe even torture or or something. But as you're examining the rest of this man, you see bullet holes still oozing blood. You see burns. His feet are bloody like they, he's been running for a very long time across the rough terrain with no shoes. There's just a mess of damage all over the body. It looks very much like a human being, as far as you can tell. A human being that's gone through hell, maybe, but but definitely human. Nothing about the form of Sully Jacobs looks inhuman, other than the amount of punishment the body has been put through. And for my second question, I would like to know what is being concealed here. Well, you're you're still able to, to get a little bit of data from his body he was presumably just killed you like i said there's still blood flowing from wounds there's still action uh the body is still displaying action that that you know takes a minute to stop after death and it it occurs to you that first it doesn't look like he was on anything you don't see any any of the telltale telltale signs of drug use you're not you're no doctor and you don't you know, have access to like a blood test kit out here or anything like that. But you check his eyes and they look pretty clear and, and, you know, more or less normal. You, you check his fingernails and toenails. Many of them are missing with, again, with signs that maybe they have been removed forcibly. And it occurs to you that there isn't a human being alive that could run at the speed and on which you saw Sully run on the video or the speed at which you saw Sully run in front of the sheriff's vehicle with feet and body in the condition that it was in, that it's just not possible uh, for somebody to go through that level of trauma and just keep on sonicking around the world. It makes almost no sense. It certainly indicates a supernatural element or at least a, an, an element that goes beyond just, you know, clearly Sully was not just, a guy who was on bath salts or something like that. The only other thing that jumps out at you as you're examining his body is he's missing a toe and it, it has, it has been stitched up with what you think is actually polyester thread. So not the sort of thing that you would use to stitch up a wound, uh, the sort of thing you would use to stitch up a sock. In addition to that, there are some, disc-shaped pieces of his flesh missing under his left breast and on the middle of his right arm just above the elbow. They're maybe the size of a quarter, but they definitely look like they've been removed with, again, some sort of tool like uh, wire cutters or something like that. They're very regular in shape and maybe just it's it would be 
half an ounce of flesh, if that. Pretty tiny little chunks missing. But your keen eyes check those as you're looking them over because they don't look like this, the rest of the damage on the body, which you know some of that came from his recent escapades. Some came from being hit by a car, being shot by a sheriff, etc., etc. But those things don't look like they happened in the course of his adventures. The sheriff stands up and takes his hat off and he goes, um, well, I'm, I'm sorry, ladies. I, I still intend to return you to your vehicles, but I'm afraid I'm going to have to make a phone call right now and I can't leave from here. He kind of looks up into the distance. He says, you're free to go if you are determined to, to, uh, to reach your cars. I would say it's maybe a 20 minute walk from here. Otherwise you're welcome to stay, uh, keep me company while I wait for the coroner to arrive. She's going to be real pissed. I'm just going to put that out there. This might not be the ideal introduction. What? It's a lovely night. It's fine. I think I can just walk from here, but thank you for getting us most of the way. And, uh, bye. <laughs> it was nice to meet you. And I will take the path farthest away from the dead body as, as possible. Orada, Morgan, I want to point out something to you. Walking alone at night in the dark down a road with no lights. Think about it. Hey, Sheriff, can I borrow your flashlight? You're definitely also not wearing the shoes to, uh, to necess- necessarily do it, but as long as you stay to the road, you should be okay. There's not as many goat heads and tumbleweeds and whatnot. Cacti. Snakes, vampire bats, scorpions. Bat? You know, I... Hey, Landon, do you want to come with me? Uh, I kind of want to stay here. Uh, I I walk over to Morgan, and it looks like I'm putting my coat around her. Do you really want to leave this sheriff here by himself in the dark with all this kind of stuff going around? We don't know who the coroner is. We don't know what is going on. We don't even know his name. Wait, I just as long as I don't have to touch the body, okay? I don't do with dead people. <laughs> I deal with living people. <laughs> Miha, you can sit in the car for all I care. <laughs> you know what? That sounds like a fantastic idea. I'll just sit in the car. It looks like uh, we're going to keep you company. It's it's cold. Do you mind if I sit in the car? Uh, no, go right ahead. There is one thing that um, we fail to do at the station, Sheriff. Oh, do tell? Well, you know, my name is Elena. You know, that's Morgan, but uh, we didn't actually catch your name. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you never asked, so I, I didn't uh, want to put myself out there, but you can call me Cisco. Sheriff Francisco Alvarez, I'm happy to meet the two of you, and, and you're welcome to sit in the car, Miss Roberts, if that's what you'd like to do. Here, let me uh, let me uh, open the locks for you there. It's nice to meet you, Sheriff Alvarez, and thank you. If you'll just excuse me for a moment, he kind of steps to the side a little bit, pulls out his phone, and you hear him talking after a moment good morning i guess i'm sorry to bother you mina but um well remember the body from earlier today it seems that uh sully's turned up out he- way the heck out here right around meadow lark and stagecoach and uh, well i'm gonna need your services again i'm afraid no i understand well it is cold but it's not gonna not quite that cold mina i'll be here 
he kind of takes the phone away from his face and he, he looks over at uh, you, Elena, near the body in the headlights and Morgan getting into the vehicle. He says, either of you want to, Mina's offering to bring us a coffee. Uh, oh, yes, please. Three minutes, sugar. Or did or did, did I need money? <laughs> no. I <can> pay you. <laughs> Consider it on the on the sheriff's department. Yeah, that'll just uh, just go ahead and bring a bunch of those cream and sugar packet things. I mean, yeah, thank you. Yeah, see you soon. So the sheriff comes back over and just kneels down and, and keeps looking over Sully's body. What are the two of you doing? In the dim lights of the headlamps that have are probably like really offset and whatnot. I've made notes for my examination. I am checking my various social media accounts. Uh, did we ever call Candace? Yeah, oh, you did. We, okay, right. You'll have to forgive her. It's been a long night. Um, I have a question for you. Do you have gangs in the area? He kind of furrows his bushy eyebrows at you and he goes... No, not a lot of gangs out here. We have a few bad actors, of course. Everybody does, but I mean, there's some high school kids that think they're in a gang. That's a strange question to ask. It didn't seem like Sully was involved in any gang stuff. You'll probably get a fuller report from the coroner, but I want you to come look at this. I will lead him back over to the body and kneel down and lip, lift up his lip. That's pretty fucked up. Right. And if you look, he's missing a toe, he's missing pieces of skin, and this is the kind of missing that usually comes with a guy named Guido and a blowtorch. <laughs> You'd know more about that than I I would, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know who would want to do this sort of thing to Sully. He's not involved with anything criminal, certainly not anything that's uh, worthy of that kind of attention that I can think of, unless I just don't know something that's going on around here. It bears investigation. I'm sure I'll need to uh, ask some questions around tomorrow morning. Well, later today, I guess. Did you guys want to do anything else, or shall we skip ahead to the arrival of the corridor? We can skip ahead. I'm okay skipping ahead. Well, a few moments go by, maybe 30 minutes, and uh, a hearse pulls up, kind of pulls over to the side of the road, off the, out, you know, on the other side of the ditch, and a, you can see someone shift from the driver's side toward the passenger side. And the passenger side door opens, which is closest to the road. And a woman gets out of the vehicle. She's maybe five foot six. A woman of size with black curly hair wearing what looks like a bright green robe and alligator slippers. And she swings her feet out over the road for a second and then curses and pulls them back in you see her put some what look like big rain boots on eventually this woman gets out and, and walks over to the body and looks up at the sheriff and she says I'm not moving this thing by myself I can help you if you need to be she looks at you and then looks at the sheriff and she goes who the hell are these people oh these are you know it's a long story Mina and it's real late I'll, I'm happy to help and uh, the two of them she uh, she opens the back of the hearse. They get out a what looks like a tr stretcher of sorts, and they carefully move the body onto it. As they're putting the body into the hearse, she's kind of complaining at him the whole time. I'm not going to have any kind of determination for you. Any uh, after lunch, if you're lucky. I know, I know. I'm still working on that last guy you gave me. Mina, we've we've talked about this. 
These are people. I know they're people. <laughs> well, you, Sorry. You, you, there's some back and forth. You get the gist of it. And eventually she uh, she gets back in the car, still through the passenger side. You see her taking her boots off and just she just has like her red painted toenails. She slides over and slams the passenger door and rolls the window down as she makes a U-turn. And she says, after lunch, as she's driving away. And uh, the sheriff is uh, happy to uh, have you get back in this car and, and take you the, the last few minutes toward to the Rylander house, but not before he sets up some, he gets some stakes and some tape out of his, uh, the trunk of his car and sets up a little police line right there on that side of the road and out a little bit into the, the brush. He says, uh, might be worth me coming back here to check this. Uh, I'm kind of curious to know how he got all the way here from the last time I saw him where he was headed toward the freeway and he, you arrive at the Rylander house without any further incident. Your cars are still there. The house still looms there in the darkness. A light is or two is still on in the house, including in the upstairs bedroom. He says, uh, I'm sure I'll have to have a conversation with Candace tomorrow as soon as I can arrange it. But you feel free to, to do whatever investigation you feel like you need to do for our mutual friends. And we'll check back in with each other later in the day if it's if it's okay with you. Of course. Uh, do you need Morgan's phone number? Yeah. Oh, I collected all, the, all your contact information in your statements. Right. It's been a long night. <laughs> yep, leading right into an early morning. So he, he kind of uh, toasts toward you with the, the coffee cup that Mina brought him. It's her. His says best aunt ever on it, and gets back in his car and drives away. What are you gonna do? Hey, lady, can I borrow your flashlight? Yeah, why? Cause my stuff's still in the house. <laughs> no, it's not. It's on the porch. Is it on the porch? I'm gonna go make sure all of my equipment is still in my bags. Yeah, you get all your. You collect all your stuff. Okay. Whew, that would have been really. I like her. <laughs> I really do. Her who? The coroner. Oh, I wasn't really paying attention. Wow. So you're okay helping load a dead guy into the back of a cart, but you don't pay attention to the person who's loading the the dead guy into the back of her cart. Pretty much. <laughs> I really gotta wonder about you. So who are your mutual friends? Like, I feel like there's a story there that I'm not a part of, and I'm kind of feeling a little left out. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know if you recall, but when he said that... Uh, he and my mother had friends in common. That's who we were talking about. Are you generally just that cryptic? It, like, is this an everyday sort of thing? Or is this just you after a really long day? It means there are some things in heaven and earth ratio that you don't need to know. And the less you know about it, the better. But what I, what I think is you need to go home. You need to take a shower. You need to go to sleep. Get some rest. And then we should probably uh, meet up at my place in the morning. Right. Where do you live? <laughs> when I take out my notepad, I sketch a little mount to where my mother's house is. And I hand it to her. You know, I'm sure I can find this. Just Google Via Lantera. There's only like, I don't know, three houses on it. Mine's the one that's got the blue shutters. Blue shutters. Got it. Okay. So is that what you do? Go Good. home and deal with your personal life for a minute and then meet back up again in the morning that is in fact what i do i think so which involves a lot more coffee 
And a lot more note keeping. So when Elena gets home, she goes to finish up her notes, maybe at her mother's desk there in the darkness with just that one weird green lamp lighting her hunched over the journal, something like that. Yup. Okay. And we will skip ahead a bit to Morgan pulling in into your, does your mother's house have a, a garage, have a, an actual garage or something? It does. It's a perfectly lovely, small two-bedroom adobe. And it's there in a residential area that you named for her? Right. What was that name? Via, V-I-L-L-A, Yanteres, L-L-A-N-T-R-E-S. Yeah, it looks like a, a decent neighborhood. Um, you've actually probably driven past it a bunch of times. It's not far from the main strip there, so to speak. You knock on the door and... I'm presuming Elena lets you in. <laughs> no, I leave the door locked. <laughs> yeah, well, what do you do? I, I go ahead and I answer the door. And uh, I'm already fully dressed, much like I was yesterday. I let you in. I flounce on in. So I was thinking last night, <laughs> and I've got a great idea. You and I should be in a buddy cop TV series about the weird shit that happens in Patina County. What do you think? I think that uh, if I told you what I really thought, I'd have to kill you. So I'm taking that as a no. <laughs> yeah, okay. no. Well, I mean, how else were we supposed to like spend time? And sure, there was a dead. There were two. There were two. Oh, There's. There was two dead bodies. Why? Why? I'm. I. I'm starting to think you're bad luck for me. I never had to deal with a dead body before. Consider that I am good luck. You're not one of the dead bodies. And you might have been if I hadn't been there. Maybe. Are you like some secret cat lady that I don't know about? No, but I do have four of them that live outside. Right. Anyway. Like, I don't even know where to begin with what we found out yesterday. Like. Okay, first you start with answering red or green. Huh? Red. Or green chili. I mean, I'm a fan of red chili in very small doses. But what does that have to do with anything? I said I would cook breakfast. Now come on, follow me into the kitchen. So, <clears throat> the two dead bodies. Well, I thought you were a paranormal investigator. Yes and no. I deal with incorporeal dead people. <laughs> Not the physical remains of said dead person. <clears throat> Who's who was recently alive? Because like I think at any moment they're just gonna like jump up and start running away again. And this just it just creeps me out. Physical dead people creep me out. <laughs> well, that's something you're gonna have to get over because, in my experience, sometimes the dead get up and wander around. Sometimes they want to have a conversation. Sometimes they want to eat your liver. So I'm guessing you're not FBI then, because they would have put you in a psych ward for <laughs> saying that. Like. Why do you talk to, to physical dead people? That's just a recipe for disaster. Why don't you? Because usually there's no body by the time they, but people call me. I guess that's the difference between us. Usually I get there before you do. You do have a point with this whole buddy cup thing, though. Do you TV show with me? No. Oh. Same idea, a whole lot less cameras. I don't, I don't do good with cameras. Why? You're perfectly photogenic. And I can even film your good side. I give you such a dirty look. You, you do know I'm on YouTube, right? You it's all okay. about the lighting. 
No. Okay. Wait, what do you mean I have a good point? I pause for <clears throat> I pause for like a fairly long time. I'm obviously trying to gather my thoughts as I am moving around the kitchen, scrambling eggs, pulling sausage out of the oven, and tortillas. Before me, my mother used to to live in this house. And uh, before that, my grandmother, so on and so forth. And we sort of appointed ourselves as caretakers for Spectaro County. Things like Candace's problem, things like Sully, have always seemed to happen around here. We don't know why. We don't know how. But a lot of people need help and not the kind the sheriff can give, which is kind of what he was talking about last night. I don't have your gifts. I don't see the dead. I don't talk to them unless they're corporeal. Now, I have equipment. I have a stake in the county. I have enough money to get by. I could use a partner. And I think you genuinely want to help people. I do. It's just most people are... How do I put this? Uh, skeptical about what I do? You're very young, aren't you? Well, I'm 24. I'm not that young. I have twos that are older than you. I want you to know. They're what? Like 35? Maybe? 42. Ah, I would never have guessed. Really good genes and fantastic moisturizer. Now the point is, you heard Candace. She she called you. Mm -hmm. The sheriff asked me for help. People that know about us will take us seriously. The people that need our kind of help will take us seriously. Out there on YouTube, so I don't understand why you wouldn't want to help your neighbors, your community. You have me on that. I, I'm not, weirdly enough, I'm not good in front of, like, people. Like, I tend to get a little excited or, you know, invade their personal space. But if I can protect somebody from doing something stupid before... And then maybe that's how I help. This would be kind of like that, yeah. I mean, two's always better than one. Right. And uh, no offense, but you don't really seem to, to be the self-defense type. Well, I generally try to avoid provoking people. I make you the biggest, fattest breakfast burrito in the world. Aw, now I want breakfast burritos. So what do you say? Good snacks. <laughs> Can I have some milk? I, I I really hope you don't mean expect me to eat all of this right now. I'm going to call this half breakfast and that half lunch and the other part dinner. You're going to be two o'clock snack. I hand you a glass of milk. So how did you like fall into the whole ghost talker thing? So when I was little, I guess, I don't know, maybe I was six. Um, There was something living in my grandma's garden greenhouse and i tried to tell my my parents about it but they didn't really believe me and then i tried talking to my grandma about it and she didn't believe me either and then finally i told my my grandmother's sister who's like my great aunt i guess uh and she believed me and she she would send me a lot of weird books when i was a kid and as i got older i started you know looking into it and trying to figure out what these books were, where they came from, um, and, well, I guess just curiosity got the better of me, and I just sort of rabbit-holed my way into it, and then when I was about, I don't know, 13, 
uh, I saw my first ghost. <laughs> it was it was a really nice older butler, and he just didn't realize that the family he served didn't need his service anymore. So I stayed and I talked to him for a while, and I asked him why I could see the room. And he looked down and smiled at me, and then he said there was a light. And that he had to go because he could hear his ba- his mistress ring, and then he just sort of poofed on me. That's about the shortest version of that story. Weird, but okay. Says the the government agent secret cult corral. I don't even know what to call you. Like, were you in the military? Are you are you part of a cult? Should I be scared? Please tell me you're not going to sacrifice me. <laughs> I'm not part of a cult. But that's exactly what the cult wants you to say. If I was going to kill you, why would I invite you to my house? Like, I live here. Because you have a... Because you have a secret basement where you kill people? Duh. Have you not seen a horror movie in the last, I don't know, 30 years? I don't really watch horror movies. I don't really watch movies in general. Well, how how have you avoided all of that? Do you at least have a cell phone? No. Uh. How have you done? How have you managed to survive in the golden age of technology? Like, you need a cell phone. No, not really. How am I supposed to get a hold of you? Tell me you don't have a pager, because I don't even know how those things work. I do, actually. Okay, okay of course you do. Point Here. is, what? Promise me you'll get a cell phone in the next three months. No. <sighs> You were going to say something. Yeah, I was going to ask if you were, like, you know, interested in helping me or if you're going to try to go your own way and try not to get murdered or kidnapped or abducted by aliens or murdered in a basement or... She goes on for, like, five minutes describing progressively horrific deaths. If my choice is... or death, you know... I think this partnership could work, turn out beautiful. We just have to work on your sense of humor. I'm hilarious. You're horrifying. So is there like a secret handshake that we have to to, to share? Or can we give each other code names? That would be so cool. I'll consider the code names. But yeah, don't touch me. It's not like I'm covered in ectoplasmic goo. How do you do your job if you don't touch people? Because I have no need to touch them most of the time. And if I do, I've got... A six-foot-long spear. Yeah, that. How do you hide that? Like, it's a talent. It's two and a half of me. How do you do it? Anyway, so what are your theories about this Sully kid? Okay, first, he's older than both of us. I wouldn't go around calling him kid. Second, I'm ninety percent sure he's like an ex person now. I've never, I've never heard of anything like this. How good are you at doing research? Depends on how deep the research goes, but I can do it. Like, it's kind of like a pastime for me when I'm not trying to edit my videos. So I'd have to, like, keep on a schedule. Otherwise, I don't get paid. <laughs> Actually, the research is really fascinating. Cross-reference with different cultures is kind of cool. Yeah, okay. So <clears throat> I've got a few books here that I pulled out this morning. And uh, I don't know. His teeth had been pulled out by, like, pliers he had a missing toe he had missing pieces of skin there's there seems to be something we're missing what did did you pull out like can i see him yeah they're right there on the table and most of them are like handwritten journals they're not books per se 
I will, I will go over to one of them and, and I'll start looking through them. Now, Alvarez was saying that the guy that Sully killed, he took parts of the guy with him. We need to find out what parts those were. Maybe why he needed them. I don't know. I mean, we could always try and ask the coroner. Although, from the sounds of it, I, I don't think she'll be very happy to see us. I was thinking you could ask Sully. Uh, what do you mean by ask him? You're a psychic. You talk to ghosts. Uh, do you want to say, uh, how do you do it? You mean perform a seance? Yeah, that. I mean, I can try, but the thing with the seance is there's no guarantee you can actually contact that person. But I'm willing to try. I'm willing to try. It It works better if I have something that belonged to them. I've also only done this twice. But that's besides the point. Okay, so um, I'm pretty sure there's some of his blood all over the the ground out uh, over by Candace's house. <laughs> we could stop by his place, see if we can pick up a few things. Maybe talk to his uncle while we're there. Probably the best conduit, I want to say. Um, and and I'll, I'll I'll need a little bit of time to set it all up. Yeah, I missed what you said about a conduit. I. I said the blood is the probably the best conduit. Because, you know, it was recently inside him. We think. <laughs> I hope. You know, I've never tried contacting a recently dead person. This is going to be exciting. Yay! <laughs> See? That was me feigning enthusiasm. I told you it was funny. Sure. Do you want, do you want to take your car? Or do you mind going in mine? Uh, I'll take yours because... Uh, I don't want to take... The dead, possessed hand that's still in my car to a crime scene where a guy who was, looks like he was killed three times over was still running around. That just seems like a bad idea. By the way, do you want that hand? Yes. Oh, because I'm pretty sure it was trying to take its way out of my seat. I have an old iron trunk we can put it in, and then I'm going to take it to the church. That sounds like the best idea that I've ever heard. Do they usually deal with... You know what? I'm not asking. But like you said, the less I know, the happier I'm going to be. And so we get into my car, and we're going to go by uh, Bart's Kachina House. Yeah, the antique store on Main Street. What would you say? It's like, um, what what time of the morning would it be? Maybe 10? Yeah, okay. So you, you pull up. There's a... Uh, there's a few little businesses here on Main Street. There's a the Kachina House, of course. There's a bar. There's a uh, coffee shop, bakery, veterinary clinic, and uh, a few other things, a few other places. And you and the Kachina House is separated by um, a sort of an alley. It's not big enough to be a street, like you couldn't drive a car through it. But uh, and there are probably eight buildings here in quote-unquote down, downtown um, in, in downtown Spectero that are like crammed together right next to each other. And uh, the Kachina place is one of the, there's two or three of them that are more than one story. It's it's two stories. So you can see um, windows and a peaked roof above the, the, the first story. And you can see through the window there are a bunch of different odd antiques kind of on display and something strikes you about them as you 
view them through the window on your way in. And that is that they have nothing to do with each other except for the fact that they're the same color. So there's a, what looks like an ancient sled, like a really old wood and iron sled for, you know, tobogganing that's uh, sitting next to a very old uh, chair that's all, also a faded red color. And then there's a lamp on, an, on another little table next to that. Those two things are red. Then there's a red like dress with like toggle buttons uh, and what looks like a corset that comes with the dress or is part of the same set, all the same shade of red. And then next to those, there's what looks like a, a gun um, and then a like pot belly stove or a wood burning stove and a chest of drawers, all the same sort of shade of black and so on and so forth. So there's all these sort of things in the window that are presumably antiques they do all look very old and the only thing that sort of ties them together is not like what era they're from or any other thematic grouping other than their color and when you walk in the door uh you can see that there's sort of a a maze of shelves and racks and furniture all over the joint and kind of buried to your left behind a bunch of racks of clothing again all grouped by color there's uh a cash register sitting on top of a glass display case and sitting on a stool behind that register is a kind of dumpy looking middle-aged or bordering on old man with like graying brown hair who's reading a newspaper and there's a, a tinkle of a bell as you walk in and he he looks up and, and waves to you and says uh let me know if you need help finding anything thank you Hey, Reda. What? It doesn't look like the sheriff's been by to tell him. Which is problematic for us. But, uh, let's browse. Good shopping trip. Yay! What is in the yellow section of this store? (laughs) All sorts of things. It's an antique store. Are you looking for anything, or are you just sort of looking? I'm just looking to to see if anything stands out, honestly. Well, without any agenda, nothing really stands out. You don't see anything with pentagrams inscribed on it. There are no Raggedy Ann dolls in a glass case that say, do not touch. Uh-oh. And you don't feel particularly threatened here. You're not sure if this particular scenario has anything to do at all to do with the current mystery. It might, but you might need to be looking for something specific for it to make sense. There are a lot of interesting things here, but there are, and again, they're all grouped by color. For some reason, uh, but nothing jumps out at you as particularly supernatural or scary or uh, of interest to your vocation or avocation. Okay. Excuse me, sir. Are there any more things upstairs or or is this your main showroom? Uh, everything you see here is what we have. If you're looking for something specific, let's have a conversation. What are you looking for? I was looking for like old farm implements, maybe tools, you know. To give that kind of rustic look to art pieces. Okay, okay. Uh, what color? Uh, silver gray or maybe rusty. Yeah, come back here. I'll show you uh, all the things we have that are the color of old farm implements. And he gets down off the stool and, and walks you back to the, the back of the store. And sure enough, there's a, a couple of shelves that have a lot of old tools on them. And, and some clothes and some furniture. And... <laughs> some bric-a-brac decorations that happen to be a similar rust or brown or black color. Okay, okay. I see this game. Um, I'm going to look for 
something that could have made the marks that I saw on the nephew's body. Which marks? The ones under his breast and his el- at, at his elbow. Yeah, you do see a couple of long-nosed wire cutters that look like they might be appropriate to the task. I will collect those. Okay, you 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 have them. I'm also going to look for like an old sewing kit. Yeah, you don't you don't see anything here that matches that description. Might be the wrong color though. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go back the way we came and start looking at the different shelves. More or less trying to go with color coordination. <laughs> yeah, you check the whole the whole thing. You walk up and down, takes you quite a long time, but you don't find any old sewing kits. And Morgan, what are you doing? I'm checking the jewelry case, or at least what I assume. I am looking for three uh, three types of crystals. Um, I'm looking for hematite, tiger's eye, and obsidian. Okay, you find some things that could match any of those descriptions. Point out the hematite and the tiger's eye, and I would like to buy those. All right, uh, he rings you up. Thank you. Do you find every... Why are you bringing those home? Where did you even find those? I had him show me to the farm implements. I'm going to pay for my purchases. I assume you both pay for the things that you, you'd like to leave with. Yes. It takes your money, gives you your change, or if in the case of a card, just runs your card, yada yada. And now you have your things and your receipt, and he gives you some pretty nondescript brown paper bags to carry them to your car with. Once we're outside. Uh, I will look at Elena. So why did we come here first? And and why did you buy the farm equipment? Or the pliers? Are those pliers? He was missing body parts. He was missing his teeth. He was missing bits of his flesh. And I was thinking that perhaps maybe they were self-removed. He did it to himself? I don't know. That's why I wanted to come look and see if there was a possibility that they might have been... Luckily, I was able to find the tiger's eye and the hematite, which I'm going to need for the the ritual. All right. Next stop, his blood then. If it's not a crime scene already. It is, but the but the Alvarez said we could investigate as we needed to. Off to the cursed dirt road off stagecoach. That All just right. sounds like a bad movie. So you, you drive out to the back basically back toward the rylander house you know it's 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 not a fast drive from where you're coming from but uh not too long either less than 30 minutes you arrive the police tape is still there and you can very clearly see the disturbance in the dirt and gravel on the road and still a little bit of blood stain around it i'm going to get out and i'm actually gonna look north see if okay i can pick out like bloody stumpy footprints or if see if he's dropped anything on the way so you're gonna walk off the road into the bushes and stuff into the tumbleweeds and the goat heads and whatnot yeah just a little bit um i am wearing boots today so there's no like flippy floppy sandals yeah you you look around but you don't find anything of note there are some traces of blood and and what look like uh some broken and pressed down vegetation that indicates somebody had passed through here and it seems to stretch on for miles uh behind where you're looking um i will i will come back and try to help elena collect some blood i guess well you're not able to there's no like pooled blood or anything you can collect you can sort of 
scrape together some dirt and rocks that have blood on or in them. Is that what you're doing, Elena? Yes, I'm scooping those, the bloodstained stuff, as much of it as I can into like little baby uh, food jars. Yeah, so you're able to do that. Now what do you do? What else do you need? Anything else I I have in my car. The salt, the offering, the water, the candles. It was really just the uh, bits of him that and the crystals I needed. All right, why do you want to do this? Well, so we we were told that his home he lived with his uncle, right, Keeper? Me asking out of character. He lives in an apartment above his uncle's antique shop. Like places he frequented would be a good choice. Um They'll have the strongest emotional connection to them. Well, Sheriff Alvarez did mention that he spent a lot of time in the, he, he said, what he said was the bar. Um, but both of you would probably be aware that there are at least two bars in Spectero. Which two were they? There's a, an upper class sort of drinking establishment that's attached to a brewery. It's sort of on the edge of town. And then there's a, a bar that is actually just one address down from the antique shop my guess it would be the one next to the antique shop you know he could walk there walk back easy to find that's probably it oh do you want to go now do you want there's no real like time sensitive procedure to this we could probably go now chances are the bar won't be crowded yet but my question is how are we going to explain this? Depending on the lighting, it could be the perfect backdrop to a how to do a safe seance video. I had planned on making one of those in the next couple of months, but I can I can move things around, switch it up, It'll at least give us a cover. And I have all of my recording equipment in my car, too. Yes, no? Do you think it'll work? I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. Come on, let's go find out. So I will drive us back to the bar or back to town. And park in front of the bar. The bar, which bar? The one next to the Kachina House Antiques. Okay. Okay, yeah, that's that bar is considered by the town folk a, a little bit seedy. Uh, it's called Garcia's. There's another, there's a bar that's also like a, it's almost like a gastropub. It's attached to a brewery, a bar and grill. Further away from the middle of town called the Tumbleweed. Or the Tumbleweed Grill, if you listen to the sign, but everybody just calls it the Tumbleweed. So you're going to go to Garcia's? Yes. Yes, we are. Because we assume that was the the main haunting, if you will, of Sully. You are, in, in fact, assuming. So the bar itself actually has a kind of a saloon vibe to it. It has an ancient shingle with faded letters uh, hung out over a window. What is a glass double window that's been painted black so it's not even a window anymore it's basically just a glass wall with paint on it and the the door is just like the window painted black the interior well you don't know but the the hours sign outside it looks like it's it's like a chalk like sort of a chalkboard and it's been erased and rewritten enough times that it would require you to be a cryptographic expert to figure out when their hours are supposed to be based on the sign. Uh, but when you push on the door, it opens and you can see that it swings open into a wall um, with a, with a very narrow corridor to the right with an empty stool sitting there. The lighting is pretty terrible and the smell of stale beer and cigarettes hits you in the face. As soon as you 
get any of the interior air outside of uh, the bar into your face, <clears throat> despite the fact that it hasn't been legal to smoke in a bar, in, at least in, in these parts, for a long time. Presuming that you're brave enough to go into that little hallway and go around it, uh, it opens immediately up into a traditional bar space, tables and chairs, an actual bar with some glass uh, and some shelves behind it that haven't been cleaned in some time, as far as you can tell, or haven't been, hasn't been cleaned well. A few shitty lights, a well-picked-out restroom, and another door that presumably go- presumably goes to you know offices or storage or whatever. And there's nobody in here. Oh, I should mention that that as you pass through the front door, there was a set of patio furniture, two and a half chairs, and a table uh, that you don't know what color they used to be. But they would absolutely belong in the same section that Elena bought her farm implements from because they are mostly rust now. Uh, the half chair is looks like it had a back at one point, but no longer does. Uh, there is a planter, like a very large pottery plant, like pot, uh, but there's no plant in it. It's just filled with cigarette butts. And uh, the only person in the bar when you come in here at what it would be a, like almost noon, basically, is a a man who is hunched over the bar next to the uh, till or what would you would assume is the till it looks kind of like white and plastic uh and he's got you can see he has like earbuds in white things in his ears and he's not even paying attention he's just staring down at the bar itself this is charming i leave immediately to get a tetanus shot maybe maybe that's (laughs) for the best yeah so the man has like kind of longish hair it looks like it's it's bound into a ponytail uh, hanging down his back he's wearing like a leather cut like a vest and a ripped up black t-shirt underneath that you don't know what he looks like from the waist down but it doesn't seem important he's pretty skinny maybe six two or something like that and he is wearing like tiny little spectacle glasses like round wire rim glasses what do you do good luck oh gee thanks <clears throat> hey why is there why does it smell like somebody's had too much c- cigar smoke? Anyway, moving on. Uh, I will go up to the bar. Try to get the man's attention without being, like, within arm's reach. Okay, how do you do that? Uh, I will walk up and then I will wave my hand across the the bar top to see if that if that'll the motion will catch in his peripheral. Yes, he catches you in his peripheral. And, uh, look, gl- glances up and, like, quickly pulls out one of his earbuds he goes oh sorry i didn't see you come in it's okay um i was wondering if i could talk to your manager real quick his face kind of falls and he goes why well i i have chosen this location to do um a small like maybe 15 minute youtube video and i was wondering i wanted to get your manager's permission or the bar owner's permission before i just set up all of my equipment and take up an incredible amount of space and time and effort. And I don't oh. want to get in trouble. I don't want you to get in trouble. He looks, he has like a relieved look in his face. He says, oh, that's all. No, Abe doesn't come here very often. You're making a YouTube video here? It's sort of like a neat little tour around my town kind of thing. A lot of TikToks are going on about it. Where are you going to say the name of the bar? Uh, only if I have permission. Um, like, see, so I need his permission to use the name, the location, 
Um, I can give it a different name if you if that's better. Uh, it won't be accurate, but well, Abe won't be here until next uh, next week. I think maybe Tuesday. Ah, I see. That's unfortunate. Um, I'm gonna look for a name tag. <laughs> just there's probably none. But yeah, he just this doesn't look like a uniform, and he's not wearing a name tag. Okay. Well, I'm Morgan. Um, Morgan Roberts. If can I leave my contact information with you? Sure. Uh, I'm Liam. Okay. I can I can call him if you want me to, but it. Makes more sense for you to tell him what you want. Do you have his information? Because I can just call him myself. I, I just... Abe would be so pissed if I gave his phone number to people randomly. Sorry. Good point. Um. Well, I was hoping to meet uh my friend Sully here, but I haven't seen him in a couple of days. Your friends with Sully? Well, friends may be. A broad term. Um, I, he was actually going to be one of my interviews. Interviews for what? For for the bar, the for Garcia's. What does Sully know about this place? Well, I thought he was here all the time. Yeah, but Sully just drinks. <laughs> Is your YouTube video about alcoholism? No, it was about the unique, charming locations. <laughs> it kind of looks around what could easily be described as. What would happen if a 21 year old gave up on decoration? And he goes, The charm? Nah, yeah, nah. Come on, what do you, what do you really want with Sully? That's, that's weird. Nobody talks to Sully about charming locations. I haven't thought this through. <laughs> I'm assuming you don't say that out loud. No, um, that was out of character. <laughs> I will look at Elena and give her the help me look. Okay. At the help me look. <clears throat> I will saunter my way up to the bar. I'll reach into the painted-on jeans that I am wearing, pull out my wallet, pull out a hundred bucks. Look, kid, you can make a hundred bucks for fifteen minutes. Go outside, smoke a cigarette, let the girl film her thing. Then we pack up and we leave, and you don't have to worry about us ever again. What do you say? Okay, we've discovered the, we've investigated the mystery of the push to talk button and we've successfully solved it. You don't get XP for that. Me? Anyway, uh, so it sounds like very much like you're trying to manipulate someone. So go ahead and roll your charm. Don't give me a dirty look. It's not my fault. Your charm is what it is. Your character's charm. Obviously, you're it's way too charming. Seven. Am I marking XP? <laughs> No, you only mark XP when you fail. So on a six or less. So it says, they'll do what you want, but only if you do something for them right now to show you mean it. Well, you are holding out a $100 bill. And all you want him to do is take the money and go outside for, what did you say? 15 minutes. <laughs> and he shrugs and he says, okay, well, well, what harm can you do in 15 minutes? I'll." He snatches the bill out of your hand and walks outside. When in doubt, off for a moment. Offer money. I don't carry cash on me. So one minute has passed. I am going to set up a small circle in on one of the tables uh, using the, the tiger's eye and the hematite that I bought. All right, all right, give me the, the dirt. Ooh. 
I give her the dirt. I'm going to pour it on the table. I'm going to put a little, like, small white birthday candle in the center of it. You have a lighter? Happy birthday to dirt. I give you the lighter. I'll light the candle. All right. Now give me your hands. Give me your hands. Okay. Okay. So whatever happens, don't let go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to uh, begin uh, chanting under my breath. I'm going to reach out to the cosmos and I'm going to look for Sully Jacobs. I'm going to look for his spirit, and I'm going to make him appear in this circle to speak to us. So what do you say exactly? Sully Jacobs, I command you to show yourself in this circle, in the space we have prepared, because we need to ask you some questions. And I will repeat that over and over in three sets of nine. Or uh, three sets of three, rather. So nothing happens immediately. What would you say it took you three, four minutes? About three, yeah. Maybe a couple of minutes to repeat your incantation. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. And nothing appears. You commanded him to appear, right? Yeah, I did. But why don't you go ahead and roll weird for me since you're clearly trying to do magic. And I don't think you have a playbook move that covers this, correct? I do not. Altogether, 12. Very good. And the effect you're choosing to do is essentially something beyond human limitations right yes and that something is to communicate with a person's dead spirit right yes so a green mist begins to appear above the candle it's like liquefied grass is sort of fuzzing into reality like a badly tuned old broken television set and you start to feel something not moving the table but impacting it it feels like like drumming or thumping and you do hear a voice both of you and it says sully he not here thanks for listening to our podcast Credit to Michael Sands, the creator of the Monster of the Week role-playing system. If you're interested in the game, check it out at evilhat.com. Thank you to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for use of his performance of the Dance Macabre in our intro and outro music. If you like what you heard or you have feedback you'd like to share, feel free to review us wherever you can, or email us at gloomwatch at googlegroups.com. For show notes and other random bits, visit our website at gloomwatch.com. Special thanks to Sirenscape for the amazing atmosphere and music. Make sure you check them out at www.sirenscape.com. That's Sirenscape with a Y. Sirenscape's sound and music can make every game better. Good day, evening, or afterlife. We'll meet again in the next episode.